Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. So our passage today is from Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 19. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 19. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Now I'd like to invite Steve onto stage. Thanks, Steve. Okay, good morning, church, and thank you, Jordan. Thanks also to the worship team uh, and Jaden. Great job with announcements. Uh, Dan, I hope you're impressed. We we tried to just make sure you knew how much is going on in the life of the church there. Uh, Church, this is a really exciting uh, day. I'm really excited uh, to be here and to be able to introduce Dan to you. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, And so, why don't we get, let's get Dan up here. Please make him feel really welcome. If you, are, if you are new uh, here today, then today's service is a little bit different, uh, but just to bring you up to speed, uh, our church uh, currently has been seeking a senior pastor, and the search team and the management team have uh, recommended to the church that Dan Waltz is our next senior pastor, and Dan actually lives in Sydney. He'll tell you more about himself, but to have him here today is very exciting. Uh, it's exciting for me, and I know it's been a whirlwind for you, so why don't you just kick us off really quickly with... 
how you're feeling and give us some context for you because I know this weekend and, and week has been really busy. Yeah, well, first of all, big uh, thank you and, and welcome to everybody. It's uh, great to be here with you all. And as uh, Steve said, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, uh, crazy 48 hours. Yesterday I was uh, celebrating my wife's 40th birthday, surprise birthday. Two hours later, I'm on a flight to Perth. So it was uh, pretty full on. So a um, bit tired, a bit weary, uh, but excited to be here. And thank you for the big uh, welcome and warm welcome that everyone's given me so far. It's a, it's a real blessing to be here and excited to be here and uh, to see again where God may be leading us. That's great. Uh, this is without notice, but you're a pastor, so I know you're up for this. Why don't you pray for us, and, uh, and then we'll get into it. Thanks, mate. Why to put me on the spot? No, absolutely. Let's pray then. Well, Father God, we just uh, come before you now. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the incredible God that you are, the amazing God that you are. And we thank you that you, Lord God, have planned this day, not just for my life, but for this church's life from the very beginning. And Lord, we just uh, praise you for that reality right now. And I just pray, Lord God, that as we speak, as uh, Steve and I talk and and connect, I pray that that connection would overflow into the wider church here today. And Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would be in our midst. And whatever we say today, my prayer is that it would still move in the hearts and minds of each and every one of us here today. Uh, that we will continue to grow and flourish, not for our own purposes, but for your purpose alone. Uh, so I just pray a blessing and anointing on this time, and I ask that you will continue to move through this process and affirm this process, not just, again, for myself and our family, uh, but also for the wider church here today. And we pray all these things, things in your mighty and incredible name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, one of the things I love seeing is uh, within God's story how uh, he takes out individual stories and kind of intertwines them and, and has them cross over. Uh, and so our goal today is to share a bit with you, uh, to let Dan share with you his story, um, for you to meet him. I've been really privileged to be part of the Senior Pastor Nominating Team and we've been able to uh, get to know Dan uh, since we first connected back in August. Uh, and so... Uh, today, that's our goal. Um, Dan's going to share with you a, a whole bunch of things, and, and we hope that that will be uh, a, a great opportunity for you to get to know him. Um, one of the cool things I know is that this is not the first time you've been in this church, and so uh, I think that's a cool part of your story. So I'd love to start with that. Why don't you tell us about the first time you're actually at Lakeside? Yeah, so I guess uh, this is my first time as part of a service, um, which has been a blessing so far. Thanks to the guys for the worship. That was amazing. I wish we could just do that all day. It was fantastic. Uh, but no, I came and played, uh, as you're here, basketball has been a big part of my life. And uh, I came and played out in Perth uh, about 12 years ago now for the Salvation Army. They have an interstate carnival. And uh, in my team was a guy called Ben Jeffries, who I know works for the uh, Baptist churches in WA. And uh, he was here at the time and he wanted to show us around the church. So he did that, showed us the facility, but we also attended the Lakeside Lightning game. Actually sat up in that corner up there and uh, watched them win and had a bit of a connection with uh, the coach at the time, Andy Stewart, and uh, a couple of the players I got to meet as well. So uh, yeah, it was a great opportunity to, uh, to see the church, but it was my first time hearing about the church. Uh, my previous church, Carrying by Baptist Church, actually runs a sports centre as well. And at the time that they were starting that ministry and uh, program up, I guess, uh, they were looking at other churches that had a similar uh, ministry and dynamic, and Lakeside was one of those. And I think our pastor flew over and, and uh, saw what you guys are doing here. And uh, so that was the first time I heard of Lakeside. And 
and loving basketball back then, being passionate about basketball, I thought, well, that's a great church to be a part of one day, God willing. And here we are, potentially. So it's uh, exciting. That's great. What, what year was that that you were here? 2011, I think it was. Great. Um, basketball, you just mentioned quickly, it's been a significant part of your life. I know you've played at a fairly high level. You've been involved even with the NBL. Why don't you just, while we're talking about basketball, touch on some of that for us? Absolutely, yeah. So basketball was a big part of my life. It, was, it started back at the Sydney 2000 Olympic Games. Did everyone head over to Sydney for the Olympics? There's a few of us. It was an incredible time for our city. It was just, I've never seen anything like it in terms of bringing the nation together. Uh, but I went and saw an Australian Boomers game, and back then Andrew Gaze was doing his thing, Shane Hill, if you know those guys. And I walked away from that game thinking, that's what I want to do one day. I want to be on that court, uh, playing the Olympic Games, uh, representing my country. And uh, so I went on this journey trying to make it as a professional basketball player. I didn't quite make it. That's okay. No hard feelings there. Uh, but I got to uh, play at a high level, met some incredible play, uh, people. Uh, my, the highest I got to was, I guess, uh, the old ABA, which is the NBL1 now. Uh, so I trained with that team with my junior club, Sutherland Sharks. And uh, I actually made a comeback last year uh, to the State League, which uh, so, didn't go too well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the NBL1 just – so NBL1 is the same. Uh, we have NBL1 West over here, so that's uh, our Lakeside Lightning teams playing there. So you, you uh, made a comeback last year, right? I did. Only the last four games. Uh, <laughs> first game in, I got injured. Um, body wasn't, isn't what it used to be. Uh, but no, it was a great experience. I just got to play with some of the mates that I grew up playing with and uh, some of them was uh, their last hurrah and so I was keen to just uh, play one more season with them. But after 12 years, uh, yeah, I should have just left it alone. Um, but it was good to be a part of it. But, that's um, that's yeah. great. What, what position do you play? Uh, shooting guards, mainly my position. Shooting so, yeah. guard, nice. Uh, and then uh, I know you've been involved, uh, I guess, in the organisation of basketball a little bit with the NBL. So just, just quickly share that experience. Sounds really cool. Yeah, so um, after I finished up at Carrenbay Baptist Church in my role, uh, so I was a church I grew up in, I was interim associate pastor. I felt like it was time to spread my wings, get out of my comfort zone, uh, to move on. So I did that, uh, but we had no church to go into, and so I was looking... Uh, for a new church to be a part of and um, uh, around that time I left there was a application or advertisement to uh, apply for a role with the NBL and I thought well I'm not doing anything at the current uh, time uh, let's give this a go and, and see how uh, it unfolds and I got the job it was for a match day manager uh, operation uh, basketball operations for the New South Wales games so Sydney Kings Illawarra Hawks and it was just a real blessing for me just to have that that season of just working in that uh, doing ad hoc preaching um, but it kept me involved with the game and the sport and you know, kept me, um, allowed me to sow into relationships with players I played with and former coaches and that. So, yeah, that was really special and, yeah, just finished up last season in that role. That's great. Uh, I want to talk about a little side hobby that you have. Um, this, this one's really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you may, you may not admit it, but may have done a little bit of stalking of Dan uh, since you found out that he was coming. And you may have found out that he has a little podcast on the side. So why don't you, you tell us a bit about your podcast? Yeah, so that just came out of COVID, basically. In Sydney, we got hit a lot harder than you guys did here in WA. We had two lockdowns. And uh, the first one, um, uh, it was quite full on, obviously, an incre incredible time uh, for everyone all across the world. And there was a lot of neg negativity, a lot of... Uh, yeah, just a lot of um, anxiety uh, that I was discerning, not just in our church, but uh, everywhere. And I just thought, 
I've got the time. Maybe I just start a podcast just to try and encourage people and build people up. And originally, I thought I'd have uh, you know influential Christians on there with incredible stories and interview them. But uh, I knew coming out of COVID um, that I probably wouldn't have the, the time to sew into that. And so the idea of just doing a podcast um, based on something I love, basketball, came about. And so I've been interviewing uh, influential Australian personalities, getting them to share their stories. But out of that, uh, trying to draw out Christian virtues and and uh, I call it virtues for life and leadership. And uh, yeah, so that's something that's still going today. And it's uh, yeah, just a bit of a hobby, I guess. Uh, you know, it doesn't make any money. It's just something that I do to unlock the, the uh, creative side of my brain, I guess. So yeah. So that's good. Now you started that back in 2020, right? You, I don't think. Did you tell these guys what the name of that was? Yes, more than a game podcast. So, so yeah. So to me, that's just crazy. We do. We have some trademark issues that we want to talk about. Yeah, but, yeah fair enough. Uh, yeah, but, I might have to close it after this. But, yeah. but outside of that, like, I just I think it's incredible. So like you know, three years back now, you're starting a podcast, more than a game podcast. It's great. And some of the people you talk to are really cool. Who was your favourite guest? Really quickly. Oh, it's hard. Uh, well, I said out. I wanted to at least interview two of my heroes growing up, Shane Heal and Andrew Gaze. I got one of them. I got Hammer, Shane Heal. Uh, I've got to know him through my role with the NBL, and I uh, got to interview him. So that was cool. But um, another guy that I'm really close with had a big you know, influence in my life growing up was Jason Smith. He used to be the captain of the Sydney Kings and also the Australian Boomers. So I got to interview him and have him share his story of faith as well because he's a Christian. And so that was a really cool um, opportunity as well. That's great. Thank you. All right, uh, I could talk about basketball all day. I love that, but we're going we're to move on uh, to something even more important than basketball. So let's let's uh, transition to your family. We've got a photo of your wonderful yeah. family up on the screen. Hello, kids at home. They're probably watching, and and uh, Kelly. So yeah, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your family? These guys, your extended family. Share a bit about them. Yeah, so that's my beautiful family up there. I'm going to tear up. <laughs> Um, you'll, you'll notice that about me. I get emotional and then I've got jet lag because it's three hours different. So uh, bear with me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my beautiful family. Uh, Kelly, my wife, uh, we've been married for almost 10 years now. We'll be 10 years next April. And uh, Malachi turns uh, eight next week. Uh, Jake is five and Chloe's three. And she, as you can see from that photo, she's a bit of a mischief maker with that face. Um, but uh, no, they're beautiful children. I'm uh, very blessed to have them. And uh, my mum actually grew up in Perth. Uh, she moved uh, to Sydney when she was Chloe's age. Uh, so yeah, we've got extended family over here. Some of them are here today, which is a blessing, a uh, real encouragement for me to have them here. But uh, yeah, we're close with both sides of our family, which has been really healthy growing up. Uh, a true blessing just to have that uh, stability in terms of that family dynamic. So yeah. It's good. Uh, had the pleasure to meet your wife. She's wonderful. Describe your wife in three words for us. She, she's watching. Keep that. Yeah, I know she is. Uh, she's she's beautiful first and foremost, uh, loyal, and uh, just a real loving, vibrant personality. And that's more, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah she's incredible. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's good. Uh, who's the best cook in your house? One hundred percent me. Go, okay. Go saying no, right. definitely not. I think we're on par. I think <laughs> uh, I can honestly say we're on par. Maybe kill a little bit better, but uh, yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, last last one about your immediate family. I know your kids would never be naughty, I can tell, but uh, if they were, who's who's good cop and who's bad cop? In the, as between Kelly and I, um, we sort of, yeah, we reversed those roles a bit actually, but uh, more so probably Kel, good cop, I'm bad cop maybe. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, uh, 
Quickly, can you share with us just a little bit about your extended family? Uh, in Perth, yeah. Oh, no, just uh, so maybe your folks and oh, gro- sure. growing up over in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, my, my family grew up in Sydney. Uh, my dad's parents were actually Salvation Army officers, so uh, he knows all too well, uh, moving around from state to state, city to city, uh, following God's calling. Um, but, uh, yeah, we grew up in the Salvation Army, and that's been a big part of our legacy, our faith. Uh, but uh, both parents grew up in the Salvation Army, and I think my my pop and my nan actually went to Leaderville Salvation Army over here um, before they moved to Sydney. Um, but yeah, uh, incredible. My parents uh, left us such incredible legacy of faith in my life, and um, yeah, very thankful for them and um, the influence they've been. And um, Kelly's parents as well have been incredibly supportive and. Uh, from the get-go since I met them, I get along with them really well and her brother and the cousins, um, yeah, we've uh, been really blessed to be able to um, have such, as I said, great relationships with our, our parents and our wider family. That's great. So uh, we know you grew up in a Christian home, but uh, tell us about your, at least a little bit about your faith story. How did you come to know Jesus? I should throw in my sister too. I do have one sister. Um, she's probably watching too, wondering why I didn't mention her. But she's married with a little son called Kobe too, uh, so... Uh, yeah, been a blessing there. But um, yeah, faith in Jesus grew up in that Christian household. And uh, for me, uh, planting seeds of faith in your children uh, is so important. And that's the blessing I had growing up. I remember I read uh, the Bible with my mum and dad. And um, I told you, it's going to get me. I'm tired, but uh, getting a little emotional talking about it. Um, but yeah, tremendous legacy, legacy of faith and seeds of faith planted at a young age. And uh, it sort of came to a point, and all people do when they uh, grow up in a Christian household, you need to make a decision for yourself. And that decision for me was in uh, year seven. I was at a youth camp. Uh, we'd just finished up uh, the Salvation Army where we are at, and we were looking for a new church. There was a few issues in the church, and we felt led to move on. So uh, we attended the Pentecostal church uh, close to our, our house uh, for two years, and it was at that youth camp at that church. Uh, which is the first time I really encountered the, the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. And I can't remember who was speaking, but I just remember listening to this talk at this youth camp and I would just feel the Spirit prompting me uh, to come forward, uh, to give my life to Jesus. And I did, and I took that step and um, most incredible moment of my life, uh, just to, again, um, to see those seeds of faith that are planted from a young age uh, come to fruition in that moment and uh, all the way along my teenage years, I just had really incredible mentors and, and people in my life that have nurtured my faith and, and helped me along the way on my journey. Uh, so, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, I guess. That's great. Um, so from there, at some point, you make the decision to become a pastor. Um, big call. Tell us how that came about, I guess, people that were influential in that um, and your decision to, to eventually become a pastor. Yeah, so when I reflect on that, I can see how God, again, was planting those seeds in my life uh, from a young age. So I remember at 16 years of age, I had a, um, uh, I guess, a dream. It was a dream. (laughs) But um, in that dream, uh, it really unlocked my evangelistic heart to see people come to know Jesus. And uh, in this dream, um, I won't go into it, but basically... Uh, tragically, my uh, friends and uh, my basketball mates, really close friends at the time, uh, they passed away in this dream. It was full on. I don't want to be you know, a downer. But um, I woke up from that dream realising none of them know Jesus and they're not going to experience eternity with him. And so that unlocked within me like a passion to see um, the name of Jesus proclaimed and um, from my life. And I just wanted to serve him. I wanted to be used by him. 
And it was around that time too that I felt God moving me into the sports ministry space. And um, in hindsight, as I reflect on that, I can see how because I was so passionate about basketball and wanted to be a professional basketball, it was sort of opening this other area uh, for me to journey in and discover. And that's how I found out about Lakeside ultimately from uh, my time uh, serving in sports ministry. Um, uh, but to cut a long story short, in that time I then uh, served in my church in youth and young adults ministry and uh, one guy that played a real pivotal, um, uh, had a real big um, part in my life and mentored me um, was a guy called Rick Mumford and uh, he's actually preaching at our church today, asking to preach, so that was really special that he would come and uh, stand in my place. Uh, but just quickly on Rick and it's a real testament to uh, God answering prayers because um, at that time in my family, we were going through a lot of turmoil, there's a lot going on. And uh, I just remember just praying to God that he would uh, put someone in my life that could mentor me, that could walk with me in this journey. And literally two weeks later, um, Rick rang me up and said, Dan, God's placed on my heart that he wants me to journey with you and, and meet up with you if you're open to that. And... It was incredible, like just that God opened that door and it just showed me when we pray into his will, um, he wants to answer those prayers, he wants to honour those prayers and so we did that. And so Rick played a real uh, part in my life, a real integral part uh, in my life, mentoring me, working through sports ministry because he was working in the sports room at the time. Um, And then uh, from there, uh, I started leading in youth ministry with him. And he left our church to pursue uh, Bible college, and I was uh, left, I guess, to lead the youth ministry. And I just remember every week preparing a message for our youth and, and, and journeying with them, and it sort of unlocked a passion to, to do this um, as part of a career, as part of a calling. And so I, I sort of dabbled in that. I actually got asked to become youth pastor of the church at the time, and I said no because I didn't think I was quite ready um, to do that, I ended up working for the Salvation Army, funny enough, because it's a big part of my life, and working in employment services, and that career actually also helped me just have a real passion for people, because in that job, I was working with people that were drug addicted, uh, alcohol dependent, really struggling, homeless, and and I just got a real heart for people in that, in that job. Went into Bible college part-time just to see if this was what God was calling me to do, and uh, my first uh, subject was with Tim McBride, who's now the principal of Morning College, and I know Vos uh, College um, has been uh, merged with them recently. But um, yeah, I, I just remember sitting in that class and just yeah, uh, listening to each word that um, Tim was saying, and just yeah, I just knew that this is where God was calling me. So um, took the step into ministry full time after that. That's great. And so your first role as a pastor was at Carimba. Really quickly, just tell us about your role there and uh, how long that was for. And Yeah, so when I stepped into Bible college, I started as a student pastor, as most do, and uh, spent about four years in that role while I was studying. And then uh, after that, I got asked to step into the interim associate role to head, you, head up youth and young adults as well. Uh, but as I said, uh, we had a sports centre there as well. I worked in the sports centre. Uh, pretty much, you know, my fingerprints are all over the place, I guess, because I was so passionate about that church. And and what God was doing at that time. Um, but yeah, served for many years in that role and then uh, stepped out to where we are now. Yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. I know you, uh, you love your church now at San Susie. Why don't you tell us uh, about that journey? Yeah, so um, come up to seven years now as pastor of San Susie Baptist Church. And um, it was uh, a challenge early on, but as I'm going to talk a bit about later on, God calls us out of our comfort zones because he wants to grow us. He wants to mature us. 
And that was a definite step out of my comfort zone. Um, I've grown up since I was 14 at Karim Bar, and this was a new journey, a new process that we were working through, but a really exciting one. And uh, it was a really, uh, it was a big challenge for me, um, coming into a smaller church, which uh, San Susie is, uh, Karim Bar is similar size to Lakeside, maybe slightly bigger. And uh, so coming into a church as a lot smaller, it had its challenges. Um, but we've really found a home at San Susie and uh, really loved the place. It was really hard telling them uh, last week that we'll be, uh, I've resigned and that we'll be moving on. Um, but uh, a few disappointed faces there. But uh, we knew that for some time that God was, uh, yeah, had something else planned for us and calling us out. And uh, God willing, it's here. It very much seems to be the case. So uh, we've had a real peace. But um, yeah, so seven years coming up there. And yeah, God's matured me, completely different leader from when I started and uh, grown immensely in my time there. And yeah, we'll miss the place, but uh, we know we've got some great friends there to come back to when we, yeah, God willing, head back to Sydney. That's great. Uh, and so we're kind of up to now, and you've been a, a full-time pastor for about 10 years, is that right? Yeah, come up to 10 years, yeah. So earlier this year, middle of this year, you see the ad for the job at Lakeside. Um, you live in Sydney, we're in Perth see this job, what's gone through your mind uh, and how did you come to the point of deciding I'm going to apply for this role? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I sort of joked around with my cousin Steve who's here today that, well, one day I might live in Perth. It'd be great to hang out and, and do life together and I saw this advertisement and that's, that conversation instantly came to mind. I was like, okay, wow, this could be, this could be good. Um, it was funny, I was actually looking for a job for someone else, helping someone else out and saw the advertisement and knew that God was sort of unsettling something in our spirit to move on. And uh, I saw the role. I actually sent it to my wife, Kelly, thinking that she would like, no, don't be silly. We're not moving to Perth. But she actually said, you have to apply for this role. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect to hear that from her. So I was like, okay, let's take a step of faith. Let's see what God is doing here. And uh, so we did. And then, uh, yeah, continued the journey through the process with Steve and the team. And it's been a real blessing and a real affirmation that we feel uh, that God's in this and that, um, yeah, this is where he is calling us. That's been very strong from the beginning. I know, uh, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but I know you feel that real sense of calling. Uh, but I guess on a more practical level, uh, as you've journeyed and, and learned a bit more about Lakeside and this role, can you share maybe some, you know, what is it that excites you most about being the senior pastor here at Lakeside? Well, those balance and stretching classes look pretty good. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to jump on that. That's great. I've been getting into that myself. But uh, uh, there's a lot of things that are exciting about here. Um, I think, obviously, the first thing you probably think of is obviously the basketball, but that's uh, not why I'm really excited to be here. That's a part of it, absolutely. Uh, but knowing of the church for some time and seeing the legacy of faith that's been passed down over many years now, uh, I see the, the footprint that this church has or Lakeside has in the local community and that really excites me. I think part of my mandate at San Susie where I am now was to try and re-establish those roots into the community and those pathways into the community so that we could be a light in the community around us. And that's taken some work and effort to, uh, to get to where we are today. But as a church, Lakeside's already got that. That's already established here. And so that's really exciting that we potentially I can be used by God to build upon those, um, those foundations that you know, Anthony before, uh, before and, and pastors before him have uh, really sown into. So I'm really excited about the opportunity to, yeah, hopefully uh, see more people say yes to Jesus, which is obviously your mission and vision, and um, to work with the church and serve the church in such a way that we see that come about. That's great. So 
uh, we've mentioned a couple of times, it's been a pretty big process. So just to bring everybody else up to speed. So back uh, end of August, September, you've given us a written application. Since then, we've had uh, an initial interview. Since then, we've flown you and Kelly over to Perth. Uh, we made you sit through an awkward dinner with all of us. Uh, it's great food, thanks, that was Rob good, Daz. and Janice. Thanks, yeah. Daz. Uh, and then Rob. after that, we had a, an in-person interview, which was pretty long. I don't remember how long that went for. Then we followed up with another online interview, and we've rung every person that you possibly have known and checked with them to make sure you're okay. Uh, and now we're making you sit in front of 300 people. So it's a pretty full-on process. Um, I'm really, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be on that stool and have to deal with all of that, um, especially coming from the other side of Australia. So two things. First one, thanks for still being here. Uh, and the, the second one, I'm really interested in what, what has God been teaching you through that process? I imagine it's been a real journey for you. So we'd love you to share with the church uh, what God's kind of been doing in you through it. Absolutely. So I guess a big part of that process has been, again, that I guess... Uh, the importance of depending upon God, um, n- not just for our future and where he's calling us to, but, you know, leaving behind San Susie and potentially God willing coming here, putting that all in his um, hands and in his care. Because when you think about the process and the journey, it can become overwhelming. Like you're leaving a church behind, you start potentially starting a new one. Uh, all of that can become overwhelming. So I've had to learn just to lift, uh, let that go and give that to him, uh, knowing that he's in control. I mean, he's the God that parted the Red Sea, right? So he's done some incredible things in his history. So um, just letting things go and giving it to him was important. And again, that dependence upon him. But uh, through all that, it's been an important reminder of the importance of getting out of your comfort zone. And that passage that was read out earlier, Acts 9, was a passage that God uh, gave to me a few weeks back when I was journeying through uh, this process. Again, I just sat with him. I was like, Lord... Is this where you're calling us? Like, is this where you want us to go? And as I read through, I've been reading through the book of Acts, and I just happened to be at Acts chapter 9, Saul's conversion to Paul. And as I was reading through it, obviously it's a passage that if you've been in church for a number of years, you would have known about, you would have read about. Incredible story of God's transforming heart and how he loves us so much that he would take someone like Paul who murdered Christians, murdered believers, and actually... Uh, see his life restored in the way it was. Just an incredible miracle. Uh, but th- something that was uh, came to light that I never really picked up before uh, was this call to go. Three times in that passage is this call to go to Paul twice and then to Ananias uh, a third time. And as I reflected on that call to go, first and foremost, it was sort of reinforcing that it's time to go. It's time to leave what I know, have known behind and with our family take that step of faith and go to where he's calling us next. But with that call to grow, when you look uh, to go, when you look at that passage and you look at what Paul, first of all, went through and then Ananias, when God calls us to go, it requires us getting outside of our comfort zones and there's sacrifice involved with that. There's something that he may want us to leave behind in order to follow him and make him number one. Because if we can't let go of that, maybe it's an idol in our lives. Maybe we're holding on to it because it's stopping us from pursuing God wholeheartedly. And so I was reflecting on that passage and as I reflected on it, uh, there was a clear call to, to sacrifice. When you look at Paul, he's sacrificing everything he's ever known uh, to leave that behind in order to pursue this God Jesus who he's just met in miraculously uh, leave that behind and to trust what Jesus is saying to him. But also Ananias, 
He's been asked to welcome into his house a known murderer of Christians. And so there's a huge get-out-of-your-comfort-zone moment for Ananias as well. And so when I was reflecting again, it, just, it really rang true the importance that when God calls us to go, it's to get out of our comfort zones, but also so that we can grow. But we also need to realise that there's sacrifice involved. He wants us to let go of things in order for us to experience all that uh, he has for us ultimately. It was actually funny too because as I was praying and reflecting not long after that, obviously it's a big move leaving behind immediate family who we love dearly, got great relationships with. And I was just in my bathroom getting ready one day, just reflecting on that, just talking with God. And he said, you don't, you don't have to go if you don't want to. And I was like, okay. And he's like, but you'll be missing out on everything that I've got planned for you and your family. And I was like, yeah, fair call, God. <laughs> so uh, with that, and not only that, but all the way along is just affirm this process. Um, uh, when we got back from the first interview, uh, with uh, Steve and the guys, uh, I remember our first service back. It was only a few days after we we landed in Sydney. Such an encouraging service. We had newcomers come, um, which was big for a, a smaller church like we are. Um, we had most of our church there, which has been a rarity the last probably 12 months since COVID. But um, really encouraging service. I remember locking up the gate, and I was like, God, if this continues, like this is the energy and passion I need to just continue on. Like this is this is giving me energy. I locked up the gate, I sat down at my desk, opened a few emails. The very first email I read was from Kelly and uh, she, had saw, uh, she saw a, um, a devotion, uh, the word for today, and she sent that through to me. And the very first words I saw in this devotion, uh, the heading of this devotion, as I was reflecting on maybe I can stay and, and keep going, uh, the words were, it's time to move on. And it couldn't be any more clearer than that. And this, again, this devotion was all about once you've come to the point where you're comfortable, it may be time to get out of your comfort zone and in order to grow and to, to, to push into whatever God has next for you. So, yeah, as I said, the process has been pretty clear. And I just wanted that clarity from God. And I, I think I found it in that little uh, heading there. So, yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing with us like that. Uh, it's great to feel that from God, and but there's still practicalities to go with it, right? And so uh, we'd love to know, like, even just, you know, how, how your kids coping with the idea of uh, making this move to the other side. And, and I know you said you told your church, um, and I know that was tricky for you. but Yeah, our kids have been really good, and that's been another real affirmation for us. I mean, we told them last Sunday as well. Uh, Malachi was pretty upset. Um, he had a few tears in his eyes. Uh, <sighs> breaks your heart thinking about it. But he had a few tears in his eyes. He went to his room. But he came back out. He needed some time. And um, after a little while, he actually said, I'm actually pretty excited, Dad. And when we told him about the sports centre and the basketball, he's like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So um, I think it's, it's been harder for him because he's got established relationships. He's going into year three next year. Uh, so that's been hard. But, yeah, Jake and Chloe, they're just... It's excited about anything. So, um, yeah, they've been really good and it's been a real affirmation for us. So, um, yeah, that's been, it's been hard again, but again, we've seen God's fingerprints all over it the whole way through. Yeah, it's great. We're getting close to the end. Uh, this is kind of the last big one for you. So, uh, what I'd love you to share, um, it's always dangerous when you ask, so you don't know the answer to the question you're going to ask, but I'd love you to share uh, what's your dream? Uh, for Lakeside in the future? If you're here, if you're the senior pastor, um, what are some, some hopes and dreams or, or things that you're thinking about already? 
Yeah, so I'll preface that this answer to this question with, uh, I guess, how I feel God's equipped me to lead. And um, coming into San Susi, uh, all the way along in my ministries, everyone was uh, leading in youth ministry, I've always had a picture, I guess, an image of where God is wanting to lead the people or the church. And so uh, when I reflect on my time at San Susi, the, the, the image he gave me was from... Um, the parable of the mustard seed, Matthew 13, smallest, one of the smallest parables in the Bible. It doesn't look like much, but a lot of, you know, Jesus' parables are like that. They don't look like much on the surface, but as you dig deeper into the meaning of them, it starts to become clear as to what he's trying to communicate, the, the truth about the kingdom of God that he's seeking to communicate. And uh, this particular parable is about the parable of the mustard seed. The mustard seed, no one knows it's there. Uh, but God knows the seed's there, and his desire is to mature it, uh, to nurture it, to love it. And when you do that with any seed, growth happens. When you water it, you take care of it. And so that was the image that he gave me, but not so much the mustard seed, but what the mustard seed grows into, and that's a, 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 a tree that gives life to the birds of the air. Ultimately, the mustard seed's a, a source of life, uh, a tree that gives, again, life as uh, a source of life. And so I took that image into our ministry because, you know, San Susie, it's been through a lot, the church, and, I, and it sort of reminded me of the mustard seed, like it's out of sight, out of mind, not many people know it's there, uh, but God knew it was there, and God had a plan and purpose for San Susie, and he wanted to use me to nurture it, to love it, to care for it, and I believe over time, by God's grace, we've seen sprouts of life starting to come forward, and we've been... Uh, starting to become more known in the wider community around us as we've served them and, and sought to, to, I guess, uh, yeah, put our roots down into the local community around us. So that was sort of the image that God gave me for San Susie. And over time, what I've realised, uh, they always say, uh, well, they said at Bible College, um, you'll know it's time to move on from your current ministry when you're struggling for vision, you're struggling to, I guess, move forward with vision. And I really had that sense at San Susie, I was struggling for the last 12 months uh, with that vision of where God wanted to take us. But the moment I went through the process with Lakeside, that, that passion, that vision, that, those images for what could be came back and it really excited me because I really lacked that. And I'm a visionary leader. I, I like to lead in that space. And so uh, the image he gave me, or I felt he was giving me for here, uh, was this image of a cup overflowing. I'll just read a couple of verses that God led me to. It's a long way down, down here. The first one was Psalm 23, which uh, most of you are probably familiar with. Uh, but I'll just read out verse uh, 5. It says, You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. And then he gave me a passage that I've been seeking to memorize this year, which is pretty cool. I'll just leave my notes there. You're right. You're right. Um, and it says, Now, this is Romans 15 13. Uh, now, may God the inspiration. And fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. And this picture of uh, a cup overflowing or the word I, got, I felt God giving me was a filled to overflow. And that picture is a picture of for our lives, when we walk with Jesus, when we commune with God, his desire is to grow us, to fill us with hope, with joy, with peace. 
but not just so that we can walk around and say, oh, you know, Jesus loves me, how good is this? But to actually have an impact into other people's lives as well. Amen. And I know this is your heart, Lakeside's heart, to see people come to know Jesus, to say yes to Jesus. And for me, that image of being filled to overflowing just really resonated with me. Uh, because again, we are called to be a vessel of hope into people's lives around us. I mean, this world is in desperate need of hope right now. And the church is God's way, or he wants to use the church to be that vessel of hope, of life, of peace. And so that image really uh, hit home for me. Um, but also, I encourage you to look it up. Um, there's this really cool uh, waterfall in Arizona called the uh, Azuzu Falls, I think it's called, but I probably said that wrong. But uh, this waterfall in Arizona is unique because uh, the waterfall flows into a pool of uh, water below. And then as that overflows, it fills up pools below it and then so forth and continues to do that. And that just became a real image for me of maybe where God is seeking to lead us so that we fill up, but that we can continue to influence and, uh, and, and see people's lives transformed by the way we live our lives and do ministry as a church. So whether there's something in it, I don't know, but it's just the, the word, the image that God keeps giving me over the past two weeks as we've continued this journey. So my heart in the next little while is to see us become that vessel of hope for the community around us, but Perth everywhere. I mean, um, again, when you look at the world around us, this world needs hope. It needs joy and it's peace and it needs Jesus. And so, uh, again, that's my heart that we as a church, churches everywhere, uh, would be that source of hope in this world. That's great. Thank you. Uh, we, we're going to finish up. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Peter to come up and pray. Um, I won't, won't ask you to pray at the end. Uh, and I'm also going to ask our elders, so uh, Darren and Leanne, if you guys could come up too. We're going to just gather around Dan. And uh, Peter's going to pray to finish off. I wonder if we can all stand together as we commit this time to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for life. Thank you that we can be called your children. And Lord, we thank you for this church. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing. And Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do. So Lord, thank you for bringing Dan into our midst Lord, we look forward to what you have in store through Dan and his family. Lord, we pray that, Lord, through his ministry, that we may overflow into our community. So, Lord, we affirm that desire that he has. Lord, we want to welcome him, Lord, if it's your plan and purpose for him to be here with us. We pray that you will allow that to take place. And so we commit him and his family into your good hands, Lord. And Lord, as the dots get joined together, Lord, we want to see your hand in all of this. And in a short while, to say, God brought Dan into our midst, to God be the glory. So Dan... This is our prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that 
you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We commit this man and his family into your good hands, Lord. Go before them, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. And together, all God's people said, Amen. All right, as the, please stay standing. The worship team is going to come back up. I have a couple of uh, quick ones. So uh, I know everyone's going to want to meet Dan. And so Dan might hang around uh, just near the, the entrance to Stadium One so you can all say hi to him. I just wanted to mention that there's a lot of us and there's only one of him. Uh, so please say hi, but please try and uh, maybe just be respectful of the fact that everybody wants to say hi as well. Uh, and keep the conversation fairly brief. Uh, again, just want to acknowledge Dan. Thanks for being here, mate. I also, while we're doing this, I really want to acknowledge again Peter uh, and our current staff team for all the great work they're doing uh, at Lakeside. Thank you.